The Lord be with you, and it's great to join you again, the power of the Word of God to be let loose in our lives. And I want to read to you the blessing that we were looking at in some detail last week. I want to look at it from a different angle this week. And so if you were not with us last week, although I would suggest you catch up on the archives, but tonight stands on its own two legs. Let, let's just read the blessing. And this is the blessing to you. Remember, as we looked at it last week, I emphasized the number of times it, it identifies you as who he's speaking to. This isn't some general good wish to the universe. This is the God who loves you coming directly to you and saying, this is my desire, this is what I intend for you, this is my love purpose for you. Please understand that as we read verse 22 of Numbers chapter 6. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons. In the Old Testament, the family of Aaron had been set aside to be the priests or the go-betweens, so that they were the mouth of God to the people, and they represented the people in prayer and intercession. Uh, I might quickly say, though I'll look at it more in a moment, but in the New Covenant, Jesus instituted the New Covenant priesthood, of which he's the high priest, and you, every believer, you are designated a priest. That is, there is no go-between. You are in Christ, and he is the one that joins you and I into the heart of the Holy Trinity. And so, in that sense, this is speaking to us, the priests of the new covenant. And he says, thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. So, this is what I want you to do in order to bless my people. He says, you shall say to them. And so, there is going to be an articulation. There's going to be a saying of that which God says is his desire to bless the people. So, thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. Well, that means this is how you'll do it. Well, how do you do it? You shall say to them, you shall speak what I want to do for them. And this is what they were to say. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. There it is. That's the blessing that they were to say upon the children of Israel. And they did. It was uh, by tradition, it was every morning at the morning sacrifice, the priest would raise his hands upon all of Israel, and those especially who had come to be there at that time, and he would intone these words. These words were spoken over Israel. 
in the power of the Holy Spirit every morning. And so he did. And then in verse 27, the Lord says, So, or in that fashion, they shall invoke my name. And that means to put my name. And my name, it's not merely uh, I am, which is how God revealed himself to Moses. When, when the Bible speaks of the name, and it does so a lot, but the name, it's something us Westerners don't get so quickly. But in the East, the name of a person was the doorway into their very heart of hearts. The, the name constituted the person who they essentially were. And so when God says, my name, he means the totality of his presence, all that he is, all that he will accomplish in the lives of the people, his name, his essential person. And he says, in saying this blessing, I will put my name, I will envelop them. It's almost as though he's saying, I will hug them. I will be around them. I will be in them. I will put my name. I will not be a distant God. I will be a God immediately present to them. I'll put my name on the sons of Israel. I will bless them. So do you get this picture? First of all, he says, this is what I want to do. This is my intention in blessing the people. Or to use a more modern term, which many people get very tangled up with, is the will of God. What does God want? Oh dear, there are some believers that have spent half their Christian life trying to discover the will of God. What does he want? Well, that's another way of saying this. God is saying, this is what I want. This is my will for the people. And I am making it known. And so he made it known to the priests who then said, proclaimed, declared the will of God, the purpose of God, what God wanted, declared it upon the people. And the people then could receive that. He'd spoken. He said, this is my will. And as the priest said it, so then the Lord says, I will wrap them in my presence and I will bless them. That is, I will do what the priests have just said, which is what I told them is that I wanted to do. Can you get that picture? It's a very important thing I'm saying here. First of all, God revealed his will. This is what I want for the people. The priests received that revelation and then they said it. They spoke it over the people. The people received it. God said, now that you in this creation, in this world where these people live, you have said my word, then now I will do it. I will confirm it. They will be blessed. Okay, that, that's the picture that we have here. Now, let me say, this is fundamental. I, really, 
if you've been with us over the last number of weeks uh, in different series, we've been saying this again and again. It is the fundamental statement that teaches us how the blessing of God, the will of God, was given in those days, but also is now given. It is how we, you and I, actually, shall I say, activate or bring into this present moment, participate in what God wants to do. And please, this is not for special Christians. This is Christianity 101, that it isn't that God is remote and we're desperately trying in a fog to try and find out what he wants. No, he has revealed what he wants. And now he says, you say it, speak it into your world. And as you speak it, then I, he says, will do it. That, that's, that's fundamental. Wherever you turn in scripture, that is how they were operating. It is the way of faith. That's what faith is. And that's how faith operates in our lives. And so whether I'm in the Old Testament where all was waiting, it was all in seed form. It was all anticipating what would be. You could say what I've just read here, the blessing that the sons of Aaron gave, that blessing was a seed. It's like planting a bulb in the fall and seeing the beautiful hyacinths and daffodils and tulips come out in the springtime. It's, it, it's there, but it takes Jesus coming to tell us what this was really all about. It was marvelous to those that heard it, but when it comes to Jesus, it carries us beyond anything they'd ever dreamed of in the Old Testament. And so, yes, this is how they walked in the blessing in the Old Testament, but it's how they walked in the blessing in the New Testament. And I so want you to do this. I want you to stop looking at the scripture as if it's something that's to be on the dining room table or something that you open in church or something and recognize here is the treasure house. And as faith takes hold of this and realize this is the blessing and I speak it into my world and the Lord himself in this here and now does it. So let, let's look at that <clears throat> in some detail. First of all, the content of the blessing originated with God. Now, now, deeply think about that. God, the one we now know through Jesus as the Father <clears throat> and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God says, this is what I want. Hear that. This is what I want. The Lord bless you. That's what I want to do, he says. And keep you. That's my intention. And so on. The, the, the content of this blessing comes to us from God. That is, when they said this, they said it with authority. They knew this is what God wanted. 
It was not wishful thinking of positive people. You know what I mean? People who just are positive by nature, and they will always say cheerful stuff, and they'll always hope for the best, and they'll always slap you on the back and say things are not as bad as they look, and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure that's better than being pessimistic, but that's not this. Please, do you see what I'm saying? They didn't say this hoping that somehow their positive thinking would make things happen. No, this originated in God. This is what God willed, and he was saying, give it to my people. Let this sound, let this vibration be heard throughout the tents of Israel, for this is what I want. So this wasn't a human formula. This wasn't just writing down on your iPad, these are the positive things that I want in my life. No, this was not a human formula. This was not some sort of recipe. Um, this wasn't some sort of contract that the human beings were writing out whereby they believed they could manipulate God into doing good. And... There are people, and the reason I'm saying is you might have met those people, and I don't want you to think that's what I'm talking about. You, they, they've got this idea that if I say something enough, then God has got to do it. It's sort of being an attorney, and it's God who's in the dark, and they're saying, you said this, and you've got to do it. Oh, back off. This originated with God. This is God saying, this is what God wants. And when I say it, I'm already tapping into participating in the will of God. I'm not trying to make him do anything. I'm announcing what he wants to do. This is very important. It's not a formula. It's not say this ten times and something's going to happen. It's not a recipe whereby to cook a divine cake. This, this is God simply sharing his heart with us, saying, this is what I want. And, and nor is it, um, well, I guess I've already said it, but this positive thinking confession that somehow people believe will then sort of magnetize me and draw good to me. Forget all ideas of making something happen. That's not faith. Faith originates with the fact something has happened. Uh, I, I'm daring to lock into what God says. This is my heart and this is the way things are. This is not a formula, it's not a recipe, it's not manipulating God, it's not positive thinking, it's not confessing something a hundred times. It is recognizing this originates in the infinite love of God. And the content is what He wants to do for us and be in our lives. And, if you want to say second thing, it begins by his revealing this. He so wants us to have what he wants us to have 
that he takes the initiative and reveals it to us. He revealed it to the priests, and you are the new covenant priests, and therefore he reveals it to us. This is what he wants to be. This is wants to give. And so he reveals it. And as I've said before, not as information. I, I cannot read this scripture merely as information. This, can I put it this way? These words, thus you shall bless. Well, in, in past weeks we've said the word blessing. It means to be empowered in our innermost core being right through our mind and emotions and our body and all that we imprint our world with empowered so these words are not information this is not some uh, telling us you know this is what god sort of would like for you no th this is god speaking to you and it's releasing into your life the life energy of divine love. The words actually impart what they say. So it's appealing to my heart. I've said that before too. This isn't something that is directed at my mind to say, go figure, go study. This isn't saying that I've now got to try and understand what this means. That comes second. First of all, I receive it into my heart, my core, as the life energy of God love, as the divine light penetrating my life, because this is what he wants and he wills to bring it to pass. But then... As I've said before, but now let's really look at it. It was given to the priests in order that they say it. I've emphasized that as we read it. They say the blessing over the people. They raised their hands and they said it with a loud voice that echoed through the tabernacle so that the people might hear it. This isn't like going quietly into a corner and, and the people are being informed that someone's blessing you somewhere. No, the people had to hear it. The people had to receive it by hearing it. To, to know by hearing words that someone is blessing them, someone is actually imparting to them exactly what God wants for them. And so said aloud, so that the people might intelligently know in their heart exactly what the blessing was. This is what God wants for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to keep us. He, he intends, it's, it's his will to, that his face shines upon us, that he fills us with his grace, that he lifts up his countenance upon us, and he gives us peace, shalom, and that means to put into not only tranquility, but into prosperity and success of being a human. That's what God wants. And they hear that. They hear it. And so hearing it, this is what he wants. Then I 
actively can receive it. I participate in it. It isn't saying, well, that's nice. It's, I've heard the word and I take it. It said, you. So, I'm you. So, I take this for me. And I, I let its divine light, love, life, energy penetrate me. I take this. This is for me. And as I go then on my daily work, in my person, my person, I know that I am blessed. I know that in my house, I know that I am blessed. For that's what he wills. And I know that whatever my work is, whatever turns up today, I'm blessed. Because he said that as the priest would say what he willed and we would take that, then he confirmed it by saying, and then I will bless you. And so they could say, then we're blessed and we walk boldly into our day. And faith, you see, faith, let me emphasize, doesn't make something happen. Faith is my response to what God says has happened. What God says is. And so my faith says then, I am blessed. I am kept. I am. I, I cross the line, you see, from saying, well, I hope so. Crosses the line from saying, oh, please, God bless. No, no, this isn't a time for prayer. Because he says he has. This is a time for knowing that word of faith that says, I am blessed. Whatever the appearances today, whatever the challenges today, whatever the opportunities today, I am blessed. And therefore, I can walk into this day, walk through this day with that absolute assurance that whatever I face this day, I am a person that is living in that blessing. I, I, the, the blessing is present tense, you see is and we are a people that delight in the future tense see we we would believe left to our natural selves our religious selves we would say the lord will bless us when i get my act together um the lord will bless me and he will keep me when Maybe when I've done some great spiritual act, when some great spiritual thing has happened to me, but it's always when. And when you say when, it means not now. But this is present tense. I receive this now. I receive it is. And so I walk boldly into my day. And I know that in this way that he called wrapping his name around me, then the Lord is with me. I mean, I if I could see your eyes right now, I think I might go into some sort of uh, experience moment that, that you stop in that sense listening to me and participate with me in what I'm saying. Right at this moment, as you look at this screen, the Lord is, is, is with you. The Lord is now blessing you. 
His face is now shining in delight because he delights in you. He is now imparting grace to you, all gifting for all situation. He is now lifting his countenance upon you, which means the sheer joy of meeting your best friend. And he does now put you into peace, shalom, harmony, absence of anxiety, prosperity and success of being human. And he does that because you is in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is in you through the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's you I'm talking to. That's faith. See, the brain can only look at it as information. And I don't really know what we do with it then. We sort of, we file it away as irrelevant, marginal information and go on our way as if nothing happened. Faith takes a hold of it and says, this is mine by sheer grace, by God's love. This is mine. And that's what the people did with that. And, and therefore they knew. And this wasn't a matter of feeling. It was a matter of heart. Where I know that whatever situation I face, I am empowered to live in the full strength of this blessing. I am blessed. Now, that, I don't know if you've noticed it, radically changes everything. If you followed me through a few moments ago, to sit looking at this screen as a student being informed, that's one thing. But to sit looking at the screen now, knowing in your heart that you are what this verse is talking about and you are blessed, is something else altogether. It's radically, radically different. Changes the way you look at yourself. Changes the way you look at your body. Changes the way you anticipate doing a task. Changes totally how you look at doing whatever your work is every day. Totally changes how you look at your home. Did you understand? It totally changes how you look at other people. Because you're now seeing other people through the glasses of what God wants for them and how God sees them. Totally, totally changes everything. Changes how you speak to others. Because, you see, you're blessed. I mean, go to bed. Sleep. Wake up in the morning with this throbbing inside. I am blessed. And of course you didn't earn that. You didn't deserve it. This was pouring forth out of the love heart of God. You are blessed. And remember from last week when Balaam, the old sorcerer, tried to curse the people. He couldn't. His mouth was bound. He couldn't. Because he said, God has blessed them. I cannot curse them. And goes on to say, in direct reference to these verses we're looking at, 
God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. He has blessed, and that's the end of the matter. Nobody can curse them. Do you get that? You are blessed, and therefore you are uncursable. There is a dome, if you like to put it that way, a dome around you. You live inside the God love. And whatever happens, God turns all happenings into his plan of blessing. Look, what was it that took Joseph out of what would have been utter depression and hopelessness when his brothers sold him as a slave and then as a slave he is blackmailed and thrown into jail, an Egyptian jail of 3000 BC, so that, I mean, this kid's finished, there's no way out of here, no one cares, no attorneys, no law, he's just thrown into the pit to be finished. And all the time, as he records what happened to him, he kept on saying, and the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord blessed Joseph because he understood nobody could ultimately hurt him. He might go through tough times, but there was working in his life the energy of divine love that would bring about God's purpose in the end, as indeed it did with him. It's, do you remember David when he faced Goliath, which was a very real situation. Goliath was a person who probably had giantism and certainly was this massive fellow. And the, all of Saul's army, they didn't know the blessing. Or they, they probably knew it as information that didn't apply in a day like this when your life is on the line. I don't think Saul, the king, really knew the blessing. He was acting like a yellow-bellied coward. And then to this state of chaos, as the people trembled before the challenge to come out and fight Goliath, into the camp came a, what, maybe 14, 15-year-old kid called David. But he knew the blessing. And he knew that he was strengthened and empowered. And this heathen person had mocked God and was going to take over Israel and crush all hopes of Messiah. So David goes and speaks to Saul the king, and then goes to confront Goliath, and his words are astounding. He laughs. He's a little pipsqueak of a fellow standing before this nine-foot monstrosity, and he dances around him, and he says, You come to me with sword and club, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Oh, what's going on here? This young chap knew the blessing. Therefore, he had a totally different attitude. When those who didn't know the blessing, they didn't know God was for them and with them. They didn't know that. 
And so when they heard the challenge of Goliath, Goliath towered not nine feet, he was 900 feet in their eyes. But when David heard it, he said, what's this idiot doing? Doesn't he know the Lord is with us? And goes out to confront the problem in that complete assurance that the blessing is now active and nobody can stand before the blessing. And he said it. You see what I'm saying? That the people went away from this morning blessing, back to their homes, back to their work. The day began. And if you read through the Old Testament especially, but it goes on into the New Testament, the greeting that they gave to each other as they met each other on the street was, the Lord be with you. Now, the Lord be with you would be micro-sizing this blessing. For if the Lord blesses and keeps you, it means he's with you to do just that. If his face is shining on you, he couldn't be closer, he's delighting over you. If he's lifting his countenance, he counts you as his special dear friend. And if he's giving you peace, it means he's working in your life right now to bring that to pass. And certainly if his name is upon you, he's with you. And so they, they squashed this whole blessing into one little sentence. And they said, the Lord be with you. It's a marvelous way to say hello. The Lord be with you. And, and the people would respond sometimes, and with you also. Uh, and at other times they would sort of have another half to it and say, the Lord be with you. And they would say, and the Lord bless you. Because this is what they were talking about. The Lord being with them in blessing. So what happened? The priests said it. The people took it. And now they begin to say it to everybody. Reminding everybody. Blessing everybody. By saying those, yes, I'll say divine words. For they didn't make them up. This wasn't positive confession. God had said this. They were saying what God said. So they meet another person on the street. And they say, as if they say, have you heard the news? The Lord is with you. And they said, you bet. And the Lord blesses you. But the time you got to work, you were in a state of joy and anticipation of how this day is going to unfold. So the blessing made every blessed person a blessing as they blessed everyone in their path. And of course, the people they met on the streets and among the tents of Israel, uh, they would be persons who knew of this blessing. But even if they didn't know it, these people announced it as part of their greeting because this is the word of God. And therefore, we, we say this. It, it is an amazing thing to me. Um, words spoken uh, with intention 
and to say simply God bless you and to say simple things like God loves you they are words that can penetrate the hardest armor of people you see this this is the divine method of operation and if I'm repeating myself in different ways I intend to because it's imperative that you understand this because I want you to go from this night to do it to do it I say it again this that we're looking at here is the divine method of operation whereby what the heart of God love wants desires for you in you this is how that is manifest in our lives and so, let me say again, in the new covenant, that is, that which was brought to pass in the death, bloodshedding, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, whereby you and I are carried into the very deep heaven of the heart of God the Father, in that you are priests. Now get used to that idea. Many people who would be shocked at um, thinking they, or being told they needed a priest to intercede for them, yet they, they act like that very much so, and they almost look at their pastor as an Old Testament priest that, well, he, he's got a special in with God, or they've got other people that are in their circle of believers and they look at them they've got a special in with God please understand this you are a priest of the new covenant order and to you has been revealed the will of God in Jesus Christ think about that and in 1 Peter 2 9 it says that you are a royal priesthood but then in 1 Peter 3, 9, it says that you have received blessing and you have been chosen to bless. It sort of gives you a job description. You have been chosen to bless. And the context of that, it says, don't, don't give evil for evil. Don't give bad language for bad language. If someone slanders you, give them blessing back. If someone is coming at you with words that are dark and and full of things that draw you down, respond by blessing them. Because you have been chosen. You've been called to bless. That is, you've been called to say within this world within this creation you've been called to say the blessing and of course it's it's true within our own lives within our own immediate circle our, our most intimate personal lives as well as our domestic lives and our work lives we've been called to be speakers of the blessing and you 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 don't have to say these exact words the same way as 
the Israelites uh, brought those words down to one sentence. So we take these words and we apply them to the situation. We meet people and we see them as God sees them. And in some way, using our language, but we communicate to them the love of God, the delight of God, the blessing of God, the keeping power of God. We do it with words. This, this is, is this not what Jesus said we should, this is prayer, and it is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it is in heaven, now let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it starts in heaven and through our words comes to earth. We speak it. It's, you know, there's a verse in the Old Testament, I think it's in Isaiah, where he says, before they call, I will answer. Did, did you get that? I know it sounds backwards. Um, before the phone rings, I will answer. Uh, but, but this is what I'm saying. Before we see the need in our life, he's already said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. Before you come to calling upon me, I've already given the answer. So receive the answer, give thanks and declare it so. We have referred in past weeks to James chapter 3, the power of the tongue. And please, this is not some marginal oddball stuff. This is central to the scripture. It's central to what faith is. In James chapter 3, it says, The tongue, though it be the smallest member of the body, and yet with our tongue, we can actually control the whole body. That is, he says, with your tongue, you are actually, well, he uses the term, it's the rudder, of your ship, that little rudder, the back of the ship is so small and yet it can turn the ship wherever the helmsman wants it to go. He said it's the bit that you put in the horse's mouth and you can turn the horse where you will. He said the tongue, what you say, actually controls your body. Think about that. Controls your body and guides you. Now, now that's a fact quite outside of Scripture, although all of life is inside of Scripture in another sense. But, I mean, this is a fact. We, what, what we say, it, it, in our heart we determine to do something. doesn't matter what it is, even if it's to go to the grocery store. Or even if it was to, I'm going to watch tonight. Um, it, it was an arising desire. And to that desire, there was brought a word. A word was said inside of you, I will do that. And sooner or later, that word, in some fashion, came out through your tongue. I'm going to do that. And it was that word that brought you to be looking tonight. It was that word that actually put you in the car to go to the grocery store. It was a word. We, we move by words. 
the, the high rise downtown that was built, at one time that was a word in an architect's mind that came out through his mouth and began to become plans. But someone said, we will build a high riser. Um, and I could keep going. Everything that is started with a word, right back to creation. Creation sprang forth when God said, with a word, let there be. And so this is the way God is, and this is the way we who are made in his image, we work at a very normal, natural level. And also, it, it works at an emotional level and a physical level, whether you're a Christian or not. Uh, have you noticed? I, I am staggered. I, I really am. I am staggered by the way people talk and, and not realizing that they are bringing upon themselves the most awful things. So that they speak of themselves in terms of their feelings as if their feelings were who they were. No, no. I have many feelings, but that's not who I am. In fact, when I say it, uh, I, I, I point the difference. I would say, I am feeling. So there's a I am, and that I am has certain feelings, but the feelings are not I am. And if I know this blessing, you, you do not go around saying, I am depressed, I am you know, falling apart, I am, no, that's not who you are, you're a blessed person for goodness sake, whatever feelings may be passing right now, you don't say it and say it and share it with every big-eared neighbor so they can gossip with their tongue and set the whole town on fire, no, you watch what you say, because what you say, it says, guides your whole life. I, I am amazed. We heard it just a few days ago, someone passing through the ranch, and they were younger than me, for goodness sake. And, but they said, you know, once you begin to get our age, then all you can hope for now is pain. You'll always be pain. You'll be in the doctor's office. That's the way it is. Of course, we contradict it. Um, don't believe that rubbish. I'm blessed, you see. I'm blessed, and I'm blessed in the cells of my body and my organs. But no, the, the, this poor chap, he was absolutely convinced that the rest of his life would be with pain because he's old, and he says old means pain. Well, so be it. Your tongue will guide your body. Have you noticed how you control other people's lives if they don't know what's up? You can look at a person and say, boy, you look sick today. And they begin to feel sick. Have you noticed that? You look tired. And they become tired. I could go on. Our words, we're, you, we're, you're made in the image of God and this is how God creates and this is how God upholds all things by the word of his power. And we do it all the time. Of course, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm just pointing out that at the most natural level, we're all experts in this. But what I'm speaking of here is that we 
are now participating in the divine word of love which he has spoken in Jesus Christ concerning us, concerning you and concerning me, which is in embryo form contained in this blessing. God has blessed me. I am strengthened in my inmost person by the Holy Spirit. He's poured out the love of God in my heart. He's opened my mind to know the love of God. He has become to me strength to live in every situation and challenge and opportunity. That, that's, that's me and that's you in Christ Jesus. He has prospered us, which means that he at the center of our lives he is the strength to become everything a human was ever intended to be. That's prosperity. And everything intended to be in my core being right through my mind, my emotions, my physical, and all the work I do, every way I imprint my world with my presence. I am blessed. I am successful. Because I'm blessed. You see, I, I hear people and they speak failure of their business. They look at the economy. They look at the way things are going and they say, we're finished and we're done. Well, you don't operate from the economy. You operate out of the heart of God. And so whatever is happening and whatever yet will happen, you are blessed. You are kept. His faith shines on you. His grace pours to you. And you are kept in peace. No, we say, and again, you don't have to quote the scripture, but it, the scriptures got inside your words, and so you say what it says. You've joined to his word, that your word becomes his word concerning the present situation. You say it as a priest of the new covenant. You say this. Speak this. Yes, then you can use these words. Speak it over your family before you go to bed at night. Speak it over your work. Speak it over your day. Speak it over every situation confronting you. Speak it. This is God's word that you put into your mouth and you say it. And God says, then I will confirm it, and I will bless you. Does this begin to make sense to you? You, especially in terms of your heart speaking, you are the vital link in bringing the desire of God love into earth and into our daily lives. And this blessing that I'm speaking about is, what can I say, it's substance. Um, I, I don't know any other way to say it. When I say, God bless you, out from the full understanding of the gospel, that God has blessed us in and through Jesus Christ, and he's blessed us in every dimension of our being human. When I say God bless you, I really believe. You might think I'm a kook now, but that's okay. 
I really believe that out of my mouth there is coming divine energy, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, to actually do what I've said. Only when it's done, it will be God who's done it. And in Matthew chapter 10, I believe it's about verse 3, 4, or 5, but he says, Jesus said, when you go to a house, pronounce peace be upon this house. That's another way of saying the blessing. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. The peace of the Lord be with you. The peace of God be on this house. It was another way of saying this. And so Jesus, now this was Numbers chapter 6, but all those centuries later, Jesus is still saying this. He says, when you go into a house, bless it. That is, say, peace be upon this house. Now, listen, read that carefully when you read it. It says that if the people do not receive the blessing, they don't want it, then he said, the blessing will lift off of them and return to you. That's pretty heavy stuff. It says something left you. It was divine peace. It was the strength of the blessing penetrating that house. And when they said, no thanks, the blessing lifted and returned to you. And you were blessed with your own blessing. Yeah, I believe that what we say, that is saying together with God, in the authority of the exalted Jesus, yes, we are actually imparting blessing. In the book of Zechariah, and what, I believe it's chapter 5, I'm not sure. But in the book of Zechariah, it has the most dramatic expression of the going forth of a curse which is obviously the very opposite of a blessing that is a downward that weakens and saps strength and brings sickness and ultimately is death and so hold that in mind but the curse is described as going into a house and getting into the timbers, the brickwork of the house, and there, staying overnight, like this hideous, monstrous guest, sucking the life out of the place. Okay, that's a curse. In Romans 5, it says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So, if a curse actually gets into the woodwork and the brickwork and the floor and the carpets and the chairs and begins to suck the life out of the atmosphere, then the blessing much more abounds. In fact, it so abounds that it swallows up a curse. But do you realize what I'm saying? When this blessing and all that's there 
is spoken within your body, spoken so that your ears hear it, spoken by you aloud, that it's not just words, it's words filled with the Holy Spirit transforming you. Speaking in your house, it gets into the very timbers of your house and into your furniture. So the people coming into your house can feel the blessing of God. And you know that's true. And you know you've been in houses where you feel the blessing. Have you ever gone house hunting to buy a house and you've gone into some houses and you've felt the curse? You've felt the very atmosphere sucking you dry. And you've gone into another house and there's joy that meets you. Oh yes, this is very real. Please get off your pew and join the real world. This is real. This is real. We, we impart this blessing. And, well, I, I think I'll leave the rest for next week. Um, yes, I will, because uh, there's nowhere near time to say what I want to say. And so I want to leave you tonight. And I can only say I trust you have heard what I've said. Uh, maybe more than anything else I've said in this series and other series, go back and listen to this again, because it is of supreme importance that you speak the blessing to yourself, in yourself, in your world, and to others that come into your life, and it's supreme importance. And to see that as you speak the word of God, so he confirms it. But let me say this one last thing. You have here, we call it the Bible. And of course that's as good a name as any. But really what we have here are the living documents of the old covenant and the new covenant. That, that makes it a lot more exciting. Bible has got a lot of baggage with it. Scriptures, well, they call lots of other books scriptures. No, this, and this is what's written on the front pages of your Bible, this is the Old and New Covenant coming to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, being made now present to us by the Holy Spirit. And so as we read it, we're sort of on a treasure hunt. Um, we're, we're reading it with the fact in mind that this is the, these pages, these pages, these are the unfolding of the blessing, which is at the heart of the covenant. And, and it's spoken to me. And so as I find what God is saying here, I say it, I declare it, I thank him that this is mine through Jesus. I write it for actually as you write, there is an energy in writing. Now you're really thinking I'm a quack, but it's true. There's an energy released as you write. You say it, you hear it, you write it, you see it. And it's the Word of God coming into you. I 
I believe this and I have practiced it. I'm coming on 75 years old and for what over 60 of those years I have done this. I have memorized the New Testament, much of the Old Testament, not merely to say I have memorized it, but in order to do with it what I'm telling you, to let that Word of God speak its blessing into me so it gets into my mouth and when I preach, I bless you. I release that Word to you. This is not at all what I planned, but I... You know, when I went to Bible school, they failed me in preaching. That's kind of interesting, because I had been preaching before I went to Bible school, and I learned to preach from an old, illiterate fellow. The only book he could read was the Bible. He was illiterate anywhere else. And yet, whenever he spoke, the congregation came alive, and people were healed and people came into the full knowledge of salvation and they knew the spirit and I, I went to him as a young kid of 14 I, I said how do you preach teach me and he picked up his bible and and, and he said get full of this this is the living word of god get full of it and as I say, an old illiterate country fellow grabbed me by the shoulder, shook me. He said, Sonny, get full of this. And let the Holy Spirit show you what it says. And then when you're full of your subject, pull the cork out of your bottle and let God go wild. That is how I learned to preach. And when I went to Bible school, they said, you've got to have a subject heading and you've got to have an introduction and three points and a conclusion, at which point every head bowed and every eye closed, and just as I am without one plea. And I couldn't do that because I'd found that the living word of God coming out through my lips transformed the people that heard me. And this introduction and three points left me bored, let alone my audience. And so they failed me. In fact, my professor picked up my notes that I tried to write. And he picked them up by the corner. And he dropped them in the trash can. And he said, Malcolm, you'll make a good deacon, I suppose. But a preacher you'll never be. Well, that's a long story after that. But a year later, they had to invite me back to be the keynote speaker at their international convention. And I was, uh, what, 17 years old. Um, I, I've been doing this. This that I'm, I've tried to share with you is what I call the very secret, that's an open secret, to walking in the Spirit by faith, the obedience of faith. This is it. And so I trust that you will re-listen to this and I trust that it will come afresh alive in your heart and your lives will become lives that are blessed. 
Amen. And now the blessing of God who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that blessing be in you, be with you, and be through you this night, this week, and to the ages of ages. So I bless you, and so it is. Amen.